0: And now, a word from our sponsors. The Oyster Recovery Partnership is the nonprofit expert in Chesapeake Bay oyster restoration. Oyster Recovery Partnership has planted more than 9 billion oysters on 3,000 acres of reef and recycled more than 250 bushels of shell. Everyone benefits from a healthy Chesapeake Bay. Poor water quality and declining habitats can be reversed. Oysters are the answer. Pascavor is packaged in a convenient, single-serving size with no refrigeration required until after opening. Pascavor is the perfect, healthy, and delicious snack for those on the go. Pascavor, tuna that travels. Hey, what's going on, with people? It's Gardner Douglas, your oyster ninja. I'm here with Mr. Luke and you may know this face or recognize this face uh, from TikTok or Instagram <laughs> or Facebook or um, what's that crab place, you, you uh, Jimmy's, was it Jimmy's, as the all-star crab, um, but hey, what's going on, Luke, how you feel? I'm good, man, how are you feeling? I'm good, I'm good, they, they call you Mr. TikTok now, right?
1: <laughs> man, I got all <laughs> kinds of names, Captain TikTok is one of the... Uh
0: the favorites from the fleet now he's captain tiktok i like that so uh, i'll take
1: it i've been called a lot worse
0: so <laughs> you you started off as a commercial crabber or yeah to- that's
1: still what i do it's what i am yep. right
0: so um let's just start there how the heck did a young man like you we were just recently talking about you know me starting at oysters young you were a crabber how did you get into crabbing
1: Man, I just always wanted to do it. Uh, You know, none of my family is crabbers. They don't even have fishing rods. They're not into any of the, you know, outdoors, really, any of the things I'm really into. But, uh, man, I I tell you, I think my first memory of crabbers is uh, my grandparents had these, uh, like, coffee table books with old black and white pictures of watermen. And, uh, man, I just thought it was the coolest thing. I was like, I don't know what they're doing, but, you know. That's what I want to do, and so, hey man, I'm just too dumb to quit. You know what I'm saying? So I bought my first boat. I was 11, and uh, I, you know, we didn't live on the water. I bought it out of the Penny Saver for 175 bucks. I built a little cart out of my parents' grill. I used the little wheels off it, built a cart so I could pick up the boat and wheel it down to the end of the street, go fishing, and I've been after it ever since. So 11 years old, I was rowing around Bodkin Creek in Pasadena crabbing and fishing and catching shrimps and come on, you know, all man. that kind of stuff I've been after it ever since
0: that's a crazy story man I don't think I've heard anything like that before yeah. now from a young person first of all I'm just thinking in the back of my head how old are you first of all 26 oh it's this the plot just thickened so I know like <laughs> in my age group I'm 36 you know, our parents would let us just go out in the neighborhoods and play with other kids, you know, you don't see that a lot these days, but how did your parents feel about, you know, you just being out in the wild, on the water at that?
1: Yeah, they were worried, to say the least, They, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I had to check in, and I didn't have a phone then, you know, we didn't have phones then, so it was like, it was a pain, you know, I could only go out for a couple hours at a time, I had to come home and check in. It was a, it was a pain. It would uh, cause a little tension between us. Cause all I wanted to do was cut loose and go explore, you know, and they didn't want me to go far or, or do anything, you know, but, you know, made it work. I got older, had more experience and, you know, came with age.
0: So what was your first experience actually going out there and uh, working on a crab boat,
1: um, you know, that whole working on the water? Uh, my parents had a friend named CJ Canby, who's still, you know, my friend. Uh, but I was 12 years old, and uh, he's a commercial fisherman, commercial crabber, and he let me come out on, on the boat for a day with him and go crabbing. And I thought it was the coolest thing, because I had known him a long time before that. And, uh, you know, he would take me duck hunting and stuff, and, You know, I was, uh, I I would ask him every time I saw him when he was going to let me, you know, if he would take me out and they finally, finally, he kept saying, you know, when you're 12, when you're 12 years old, I don't know why that age, but you know, he finally let me out before that I had been helping him build crab pots in the yard and just anything I could do to get closer to like, you know, get, being able to get ready to go out on the boat. You know, I was, I was there, I was taking every opportunity, even though most of it was free child labor. (laughs) you know, anything right. I could to get closer and closer to, you know, him letting me go out. And so I was I was about 12 years old. And let me go out. And then, you know, I worked with him on and off throughout the summer, you know, uh, from the time I was 12 until I was like 18. So, you know, I've been uh, I've been after it. So what did the process look like um,
0: going into like starting your own business? uh
1: that's well i was like 17 and or 18 and i got a boat like this old piece of junk from this guy in, down in the neighborhood uh you know it was this old wooden boat and named the widow it's actually a boat cj owned back in the day and so i put a floor in it i i had a, i moved out right at 18 you know and uh so i had a job working at a granite countertop shop actually and then at night i would go work on this boat that i bought put a floor in it put a cabin in it got the engine running all this and that and then my uh cj gave me you know like 200 old junker crab pots or something you know what i mean stuff he was probably gonna throw out and just said you know pay me back whenever you can you know as, as you can and man that first first four years of crabbing was just a disaster. I mean, just a disaster. I didn't know what I was doing. I wouldn't listen to anybody. I was broke. My boat was, my boat sunk like four times. It was like, I mean, it was just, I didn't have any market for crabs. I didn't know how to catch a crab. I didn't know what I was doing. It was just a disaster, dude. It was just, just a mess, but I'm too stupid to quit, you know? So. (laughs) I just kept kept going back for more. <laughs> yeah, some some would say that
0: you were insane, you know, doing the same thing over and over and getting the same results. Yeah. matter of fact,
1: you you oh. got to be a little insane to do this kind of stuff. I mean, you right. gotta, you know, sure. you can't, you can't. Uh, yeah, you got to be a little nuts sometimes.
0: What, sure. what was your What was your motivation, man, to keep going? And what did you envision at the, the end of the tunnel? Like, you know, what when my boat finally stopped sinking? Where where
1: did you think he was gonna be? I you know I just I just want to make it work. You know I was like I you got to look at it. In my opinion, the only way you're gonna be truly successful and dedicated to anything you do is if you don't leave yourself a second option. So to me, this was all I had. You know I I school's not my thing. Uh, I moved out. You know all my eggs were in this basket, and it was either. It was literally sink or swim. It was it was this or nothing. So like, when you ha- don't have any other options, then you have no choice but to figure it out and, you know, make it work. So, you know, my motivation was just, you know, this is, it. This is the only option. What I would say the pivotal moment was getting the boat that I have now, the Southern girl. I, you know, I was out crabbing one day In October, in my other boat, the Widow, and I got stuck in this real bad storm, and almost sank the boat out in the bay. Uh, And you know, it cracked the whole hull. You know, it was you know, it caught on fire because I I cracked a a pipe, and uh, a cooling pipe to the exhaust. uh, Because you know, the boat was just getting so beat, it caught on fire. You know, it was in she was in bad shape, and I was like, you know what? I mean this this boat is just she's not, she's just not seaworthy, you know, so it was, you know, buying the new boat, and it was, uh, you know, kind of a new beginning, it was better equipment, it was like, you know, this is it, this is your last chance to make it work, you know, this is, uh, this is it, you know, you got to make it work now, there's no excuses now, the boat, you know, this boat, floats and you know I ended up having a raft of problems with that boat too but Uh you know at least it wasn't sinking on me (laughs) right right all right so for the folks who um don't know
0: anything about crabbing but they love enjoying crabs what does a day of crabbing actually look like
1: uh well you know we get up early I meet the crew usually at five o'clock down at the marina we load the truck up with uh the bait or we load the we load the boat with bait and fuel and everything we need, we go out. Uh, I fish five hundred pots a day. Uh, I got a crew of three men or women that all different kinds, but you know, I come back usually around one or two o'clock. We will load the catch into the truck. The guys, you know, all the people go home. But that's the first half of my day, you know. And then uh, I take the crabs. I put them in the fridge. Uh, I go get bait and fuel. For the next day in the truck, I come back to my refrigerator trailer and I put together all the orders for crabs I had that day. And then I go meet everybody that ordered crabs that day, usually at one time, you know, at six o'clock or so uh, and sell the crabs and then do whatever else I have to do after that. You know, I might have to go back to the boat, get some stuff ready, work on something, fix something we broke, maintenance, anything like that. It's dark to dark work. You know, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a long day, you know, and that's a Monday through Thursday. And then, you know, like Fridays, I go out and do all that. And then, you know, when I get done, instead of meeting people at six, I, I take the whole truck and the trailer up to my lot in Furnace Branch Road. I set up shop, you know, I have like a roadside stand and I, I sit there on the side of the road and sell crabs. And then I start to take orders for the next day, you know, Uh, you know, my phone and everything from six o'clock till nine, people text in orders or call me. And then the next morning I get up early, I put together those orders and I take the truck and trailer, go set up my crab stand again, my roadside stand. and I'm there all day on Saturday. And then I do the same thing all day on Sunday, except for then Sunday, when I'm done, I have to go get bait and fuel for the next day in the truck to go crabbing. And then Monday, I started all over again. So it's seven oh, days on, a week. Come on, man. And how long is the crab season for you? Uh, April till November. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes I go to December. It depends on if I have market, but I've caught crabs. The latest I've ever crabbed is December 6th. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's late though. Okay. You know, usually market falls off before that.
0: Right. Man. I definitely, I'm thinking already we're going to have to do a
1: part two to this, man,
0: because we, it's, it's, it's a lot of information, man, like, you're very complex because you have your hands in different, you know, pots and things, so to mm-hmm. say,
1: um, but, so when you're crabbing, like, how long are the crabs good in a pot? Like, it like, if they're living in a crab pot, if they're trapped up, like, how long will they Like, have? if they're trapped, yeah. It all depends. Uh, I mean, if we're talking summer months, you know, I mean, a crab will live a week, if uh-huh. not longer in a, in a crab pot. I mean, a lot of times the crabs will start to eat each other. Right. Um, and part of that is a territory thing. Uh-huh. And part of it is that they're hungry, but I, I'll tell you what, a crab can go a really long time without eating. Eating uh-huh. is typically not their main priority all the time, believe it or not. Um, it it sort of is but if they have to go without food you know they crabs can go they can live quite a while without food right. especially if they're just kind of dormant sitting there you know they're mm-hmm. not moving and whatever so how often do you check the same file? Uh usually every three or four days you know every, okay. occasionally we'll fish if there's a lot of crabs you know i'll, I'll check them overnight but typically historically we don't you know in the upper bay here we have less crabs but they're better quality they tend to be better quality crabs mm-hmm. so we tend to fish longer set sets in the upper bay than they would in the you know in the lower bay like in virginia if you leave crabs in a pot two days they're going to be dead or they're going to kill each other mm-hmm. but you know in the upper bay you know we're we're just targeting bigger crabs typically and uh you know so we tend to fish three and four day sets you know, in the summertime and then in the, you know, in the colder months, in the early and late months, you know, spring and fall, you know, we might, we might fish six day sets, five to eight day sets, you know, oh wow, you know, the water's colder, the crabs are less active. You know what I mean? Their metabolism slowing down. They're starting to build a fat reserve for hibernation. They can go a long time without eating, you know, there, and they, the threat of killing each other goes down, you know, they're just not as feisty when the water's cold.
0: What's some of the weirdest things that you've seen um,
1: out on the Bay? Man, I've seen some weird things. I've seen like uh, some water spouts that were pretty crazy. Uh, I've caught some kind of bizarre fish, seen some strange stuff, seen some really big fish that you would like never think were in the Bay. But like Uh I've seen some – black drum that are probably 80 pounds just wow. giant dinosaur fish humongous rockfish you know 50 plus inch rockfish in the summer that are dead or you know or or something like that um you know i've caught seahorses uh, i've seen some ocean fish here and there mm-hmm. uh you know it all kinds of you never know it's like christmas 500 times a day you never know what you're gonna catch you know i've caught all kinds of different Puffer fish species, and you know a lot of different things that you just don't expect to see in the bay. For so the folks who don't know what a waterspout is, what is that? Uh, it's basically, I don't know like the science behind it, but it basically is like a tornado. You know, it's a water torn a tornado of water that comes up out of the water and goes up into a cloud. It's uh, pretty wild. Uh, I've seen. I think I've seen probably four or five in my career. Which is eight years, you know, on my own. And almost every one of them's been over by like the Rock Hall area, the Chester River. I don't know what it is about that area, but almost everyone I've ever seen has been in the mouth of the Chester River. Very interesting. We've got some X-File
0: stuff going on. Here. Yeah, right. Something like
1: that. <laughs> um, so right. let,
0: let, let's let's jump into social media, man, because I feel like we could just talk about crabbing all day, honestly, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um So how did you start um, bringing social media uh, into your business, into your crabbing
1: business? Well, to be honest, it all started, I I I built this, uh, like, tri-folding origami cabinet, you know, kind of as a winter project. You remember seeing that? Yeah, I remember that, yep. Uh So I built that and I put it on TikTok. You know, I was a hater at first. I thought TikTok was stupid and for kids. And I was like, you know, I was a major hater. I put it up there and it, you know, it got a little traction. You know, I got, I don't know, six, seven, eight million views or something on that video. And I thought, man, that's crazy. You know, and it got picked up by like Buzzfeed and some other things. And I was like, man, if I could make videos about crabbing and get people interested in that the same way that they're interested in this i was like that could be great for business so i kind of you know i i probably gained 50 50 or sixty thousand followers from on tiktok from making this cabinet and uh so i just started grinding on crabbing content you know like diy stuff and just and the thing is I've never really ever had to come up with a video ever. I've never, it's different. It's not fabricated content. There's nothing wrong with that. Like YouTubers, nothing wrong with that at all. But like, I'm just into so many things. My life is kind of weird and I'm sort of an outlier in my industry to begin with. Like, I think people just found it interesting, you know, and there's just so much work that I do every day that's so foreign to so many different people that, you know, you add a little humor and this and that and just kind of who I am, you know and, uh, make videos about it. it. I'm just doing all the same things that I would do anyway, interacting with the same people. Yeah. I just set up a camera and do a little editing and, you know, it, it started to catch on, but I mean, it's been about two years now since I started and it's a grind, man. And you got to stay consistent. That's the biggest thing is you got to uh-huh. stay consistent with posting. And, you know, even when your videos are flopping and, you know, I get down about it too, you know, and, you Come just got to stay consistent. On, I'm man. serious. I'm serious. You just got to stay consistent, you know? So what's a bad video? What's a bad video I mean, for you? A hundred
0: thousand? yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, if it's not, nah, if, not if it doesn't hit a hundred, I mean, if it doesn't hit a hundred thousand on TikTok, it's different for all platforms. But like TikTok, I have 1.3 million followers. So, you know, if a video doesn't get a hundred thousand, it's like, it's sort of a bummer, you know? But you got to... <laughs> you gotta, it's still a lot of people. I mean, imagine a hundred thousand, even imagine 20,000 people. That's, yeah. that's, and I lose sight of that too, you know?
0: Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring it down even further for you. Cause this is the way I break it down to people when they ask me about social media and I only have like 6,000 followers on Instagram. But I was mm-hmm. like, if a, if a if hundred people um, like, you know, my video or post or whatever, or let's let's even go f- like further than that. If, if I get 50 to 100 people downloads on my on podcast, mm-hmm. imagine talking to 50 people or 100 people or 200 people all at one time, you know, yeah. then it changes it up. Like, Oh, yeah, I never thought about it like that. right so just something simple like that so yeah no I I feel where you're coming from but I'm gonna bring it down further for you (laughs) yeah
1: I lose I lose sight of it too man just because I you know I'm dealing with all across all these different platforms and all this different interaction and all these different analytics across all these different things you know and you lose sight of it you really do but you're right I mean 10,000 people if you were to sit and if you were to go and talk to a room of 10,000 people at one time, you'd be like, Oh my God, this is the craziest thing in the world. Right. But you see it on a screen and you're like, Oh, I can't believe it uh, got 10,000. It only got 10,000. You know what I mean? Right.
0: Um, talk a little bit about the rivalry you have on TikTok with one of your fellow crabbers. you know, it's all in fun, but you know, that's. I think that's when I started following you when I saw something about, um, I think y'all had did something to each other pot or yeah, something. Yeah,
1: that was one of my videos. That was my biggest viral video. It was like 39, 39 million views, I think, I had on TikTok. Um, yeah, that's CJ, the guy that I worked for. Okay. So he's kind of like my crab dad is what people call him, you know. Uh, but, you know, we work in the same areas and whatever, and, you know, we're always – Messing with each other, you know, it gets boring out there. You know what I mean? You gotta, you gotta, and, and you know, I'm young enough and whatever. Like I'm always pranking people. Like I'm the prankster. Like I'm always pranking people. I'm always messing with people and stuff. I'll go the extra mile for a laugh. I've always right. been that way. Gotcha. And so, uh, yeah, I, I, the video you're talking about, I think I, uh, took one of those expanding starfish, like, you know, the little bath toys that grow like 10 times as big. And right. I put it in his crab pot, hoping that it was going to like, Expand and grow and like blow the crab pot apart, and it like did not work at all, barely. Mm -hmm. Like it it got like slightly bigger, but yeah, we're you know, he does YouTube and stuff. His stuff is uh FV Miss Paula Fishing Vessel Miss Paula on YouTube, and uh, he makes some videos and stuff, or he had a guy that was making videos for him, but uh, yeah, we try to keep it interesting, you know, we can kind of play off each other and stuff. And it's like I said, it's all stuff we were doing before, I've been Uh messing with him since. I was a kid. So right now it's just, you know, I get the whole world gets to laugh at him. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? That's great, man. Um,
0: all right. And again, we could talk about social media on and on, but let's talk about um, the things you're doing currently. It's not crab season, um, mm-hmm. but you're doing a lot of things with, uh, was it Maryland's best and Maryland seafood? And like I've been seeing on social media, you've been going to the oyster houses, um doing mm-hmm. some spotlights and just showing the process like what brought that on um that you was like you know what maybe let's take this on
1: yeah well it's not none of it's actually through the state maryland best or maryland seafood this is oh, all okay. just stuff i'm doing on my own uh, i know those better. guys man kudos man yeah appreciate yeah uh you know i know those guys but this is just freelance stuff um You know, you know, oystering has always been something that people are not always the best informed about. There's a lot of stuff about, you know, you hear from different foundations and, you know, this and that, you know, whatever that it's like, you know, watermen are killing the Bay and the oysters are gone and this and that, you know, and, but no, but there's not a single person from like the watermen community that has any sort of voice, you know what I mean? So it's like, you know, I have this platform that a lot of people see. And it's basically Maryland's identity is seafood, right? Uh-huh. But the only thing you see about seafood is negative because, you know, basically you're you're getting a lot of bias information from a lot of places that have a lot more time, money, and resource yep. than the watermen. You know what I mean? So they can they can go like this, write a check and get whatever they their. Messages to is, so many people. The watermen can't. Yeah, do. the waterman can't do that. You know, and most watermen, the average age of a waterman is fifty-six. They're not exactly on in this modern age of the internet. You know, I have to be an outlier. You know, and the internet's kind of part of my business now. So, I was just like, you know what, I just want to be able to tell these people stories, put the information out there from them. Really, all I'm doing, if you think about it, is evening the playing field. You know what I mean? Like, I'm taking an underrepresented group of people and just, you know, giving them a platform to be able to show, tell their perspective, you know, their side of the story. Which is not something that's really ever been able to be effectively done consistently for the Watermen, you know. There's no funding for them to make videos and commercials and stuff to, to let people know that, Hey, this is the best that wild oysters have been in ever, you know, this is the best spat set and the best, you know, most we've ever seen, you know, in, in a lot of places like Broad Creek, you know, you'll never hear that. All you're going to see is that, you know, so-and-so comes out and says that, you know, the water, you know, the Chesapeake Bay gets a D minus on, on the scale and, you know, but they're not talking about the reasons why. Uh-huh. you know what i mean they're not talking about the reasons why you know the oysters can't live and the crabs can't live like you know so much of it is water quality you know what i mean and you can throw back as many oysters and crabs as you want but nothing's going to live in a stagnant puddle you know what i mean but that's not the that's not the uh that Story doesn't fit these- exactly exactly yeah. it's not at all you know um
0: that's so crazy. I'm just trying to
1: do what I can, you know what I mean? That is part of crabbing, dude, you know, I've learned in business and life and everything is, you, you know, you get out what you put in, you know what I mean? So I'm not getting paid to go do any of these videos. I'm getting up at three o'clock in the morning to go drive two hours to Farm Creek to spend a whole day with these people. And I'm losing money. I'm spending my own money. But, you know, part of this is like, you know, I, I, you get out what you put in. So, I, you know, I, this is arguably the most important thing for the industry overall for people to put work into is, you know what I mean? Actually being able to accurately, you know, get the information out there. It's basically like I'm trying to do news, you know, the difference is nobody, nobody's paying me to lie to you.
0: (laughs) You know what I mean? No, I, 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 as soon as I saw what you were doing, man, I was like, this is, I love what you're doing. And I wish I actually had more time to do the things you're doing because just like the story you was telling of the um, with the, I forgot the guy's name, the older guy. And he was Mr. talking Lewis about. Mr. Lewis Carter. Right. He was talking about, like, these are the best, you know, oysters that are coming out. And, you know, just, he, what did he say? He was, like, the best he had seen in a while or something.
1: Oh, yeah, that guy. Yeah, he, um, yeah, he was saying, you know, this was the best. He's been working Broad Creek his whole life, 50-some years he had been on it, you know. And he said, you know, it's the best he's ever seen a natural spat set. And he said, you know, my friend's over there. You know that was the same story. Everybody that was out there said the same thing. And I mean, I was doing it too. I was out there working. I was helping a guy for a day, you know, when his his crew didn't show up, or whatever. And you know, for every one legal oyster, you know, there's fifteen or twenty undersized oysters, you know um, It's great, and they're you know, but you'll never hear that, you know what I mean? These people are out there in old wooden boats. they've been doing it for 50 years, like they got a job to do, you know what I mean? So they don't, you know, they're they're not able to get their side of the story out there, you know? Right. Um, For the folks, and I
0: just mentioned Tongan, and I'm not going to hold you, man. But um, now you're good, man. You're good. Oh, okay. For the folks who don't know what Tongan is, could you explain what Tongan is?
1: Yeah, so there's a lot of different methods to catch oysters, but hand Tongan is uh, basically just a big rake on the end of a pole. And so you got, you know, they'll have shafts that are either, you know, anywhere as short as eight feet and as long as 25 foot. And and then you have different size, you know, rakes, heads on the end and uh, you drop them down and you just, you tong them up like that. And then you pick them up and dump them on the, uh, dump them on the culling board and go throw them. It's, it's the, uh, it's ground zero for commercial fishing in the Chesapeake Bay. It's the very first kind of wild harvest ever in the bay you know the indians were doing it right you know in the same method you know it's age old you know we're in this modern day and age and they're still catching oysters the same way they did you know it's amazing man um i hate to cut this conversation short but
0: um i gotta get back but i want to thank you first of all you know for we finally linked up we finally you know, made this happen. And yeah, man. I, I want to thank you for that. And hey, we didn't even talk about um, Baltimore, the magnets, but I got him coming on the podcast. I don't know if he told you or not.
1: Oh, no, no, I didn't hear. Uh, yeah, yeah, Evan,
0: he's a good yeah, guy. Evan. He's a cool, Evan's a cool dude. Yeah, I got him coming on later this week, matter of fact. Um, but that's gonna be a dope conversation also. Uh, but thank you, first of all, for uh, taking time out of your day, man. Thank you for the things you're doing for the Bay, uh, as far as the educational, spreading the news, the, the, the real story, the uh, you know, the, the untold story. Um, and I appreciate all of that. And uh, we're going to get you on again, and we're going to have another conversation yeah, and talk crabs and oysters and social media and all those great things you're doing and whatever is next for you. So um, in the meantime, uh, where can folks find you if they're not
1: one of the millions or millions of people that are already following you yeah i mean tiktok it's uh my handle is fv which is fishing vessel southern girl it's the name of the boat uh instagram you can just probably look up my name luke mcfadden it's luke underscore mcfad and you just search my name and then you know facebook's my name I have a, a a business page on Facebook I use in the summer for buying crab or for selling crabs. That's Bodkin Point Seafood, B-O-D-K-I-N Point Seafood. Um, but yeah, I mean, really, you should be able to just kind of search my name, Luke McFadden, across any platform, and you should be able to find it.
0: Man, it's, I'm just sitting here like drowning in the topics that we could talk about because we didn't talk about um, jimmy's either like you know the pop-up bartender gigs and <laughs> the, uh, the, the crab the crab um feast that you do are a part of um it's a lot of things so folks go follow this guy man uh it's always especially if you're in the you know dmv watching bc uh baltimore america you know if you're in the area
1: this is a guy to know and to follow um so hey, again, man. i'm you. around i do a lot of different stuff and uh Got some exciting stuff coming up, you know what I mean? Oh, my gosh. Listen to that. Yeah, we definitely to talk again. Sounds good, man. I appreciate the time.
0: For sure.